All right, you guys, welcome back to the Abstract Audio Podcast. I'm your host, Derek. Um, first off, I apologize for not getting you guys a Monday episode. Um, I had had plans for the weekend, and I did not prepare accordingly. Um, I know where I fucked up, and I know it's not going to happen again. Um... And with that being said, I hope you guys had a amazing weekend. I hope you're kicking this week's ass. I hope you, uh, you know, a strong Monday is always a sign of a good week, right? And now here we are midweek. You guys fucking made it. It's almost over. Um, and I hope you guys got to check out the playlist. I posted yet another abstract audio playlist. Um... This one was dope. I mean, I have a lot of fun making these for you guys. So I hope you guys enjoy them as much as I do creating them. Um, This one was a mix of Amine. So it was based in the thought of that I had, like, what was it? Maybe a week or two ago on how will Amine and Tyler, the creator, mesh. And just like, I like that combination. I don't think their music is too much of the same. But I just think it flows insanely well together. Um, So that's really where it started. And then I just started to slowly compile more and more artists onto that, such as, um, let's see, who came next? So it was Amine and Tyler. That's really where it kind of started. Um, And then, you know, adding in some throwback Pharrell or some throwback uh, NERD, very timely. Um, I used to love that used to be my favorite song off of what was it seeing sounds I believe was the album name um admittedly it was hard for me to get into as a kid you know a lot of that music was so different that I was kind of thrown off by it but that one that that spaz song has an undeniable vibe that it's it's so bizarre how it can be so chill when when and then the chorus is so up tempo and it's fucking you know I, I don't know that song is just a vibe in itself and then once you add on some fucking gorillas like come on fam that's such an odd but fitting mixture of just those four artists there and um fuck yeah and then you know uh throwing in some what was it some sampha where i could I feel like that fit uh, amazingly, you know, or unexpectedly well. Um, it was just fun, guys. I, I feel like, and then I came to the realization after thinking on how this playlist isn't going to be for everyone because it is definitely in this in this tone of like zany kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, just more creative hip hop, I guess. Not traditional for sure. Um, and I was thinking like, this isn't going to be for everyone and it doesn't include a lot of new shit that is going to, you know, attract people's ears that are looking for new shit. But in that same vein, I feel like it gives it a timeless feel. So whenever you're wanting to hear some Tyler or Amine or any ID and anything like it or gorillas, even, I feel like that's a playlist to go to. And, um, I think it just, yeah, it kind of created its own vibe and, 
it flowed insanely well. I threw some slow shit in there. That's just me. That's just like my jam. But um, yeah, if you guys got time, uh, I hope you gave it a listen. And I hope you guys are enjoying the playlists as much as I am making them. So uh, with that being said, what a fucking way that we started off the weekend with uh, I completely spaced that. I remembered that the UFC fight night was in Shanghai, China, right? But I either, I don't know if I fucking just thought that they would accommodate to our time very fucking selfishly. So I think that would be in like the early morning over there. Or I thought they would just re-air it on Fight Pass and not have it live. But then I I guess I kind of also appreciate the live factor. Um, My point is this fight, the main card started at fucking four o'clock my time and uh the prelims even fucking earlier i think at like two um but i watched it i watched that bitch live and uh it was dope i you know i uh there was a lot of talent that i didn't i admittedly did not know of um they were all local stars and that that is like literally local that's not to say that they weren't uh world caliber or you know like they were um I, I they were just definitely unknown to me but they were fucking showing out and all these knockout submissions I mean it was it was an amazing card I, I didn't know really anyone up until the uh the the Bisping and Gastelum fight But obviously, you guys know my thoughts going into the fight. I was worried for uh, Bisping. I didn't think he should be fighting that quick afterwards or that soon after a fight in general. But even more so with being finished in a fight, whether it be a knockout or a submission, which, of course, it was a submission. He, you know, uh, was choked out by GSP in their huge fight um just three weeks earlier that shit is fucking crazy um but the the main card or the main event did not disappoint um it was ended in the first round by a knockout from kelvin gastelum uh holy shit guys i i knew he had power i didn't know he had power like that um i thought I don't know. I thought that the fight would for sure at least go into the second or third round. Um, but it was just, you know, Gastelum hit Bisping. They were trading and Bisping didn't look bad. You know, let's be clear. But Gastelum hit him with a uh, a grazing right jab and then dodged his right hand coming in. And then caught him with all of a left hook. And you just saw, you know, especially when they fucking played it in real time. I mean, Bisping's neck just, you know, his head just snapped. And then he fucking just fell right back. Um, it was a brutal knockout for sure. It wasn't it wasn't great to watch. Like, I was not happy seeing that shit happen. Um, he was knocked out in a very brutal fashion, but... Uh, I guess that was just the power and the precision because it definitely was right on the chin. And uh, and you just see him go straight out, drop straight down. 
and then um yeah it was finished i think what at the two minute mark roughly the two minute mark so uh and he didn't retire which i was somewhat surprised by i mean i i just worry i really actually didn't expect him to retire on such a you know a unhyped card that really most people probably didn't even know happened um but i just worry because for bisping he's in a league of fucking sharks you know and he's a shark himself but he's a seasoned shark and that shit will you know that shit will wear on you man and i just feel like the longer he prolongs his retirement the more likely a you know more brutal knockouts and and embarrassing knockouts are you know the more likely they're to happen so i don't know uh i worry in that aspect but um we didn't see a retirement he alluded to at least one more fight i think he's looking to uh fight at home in a in a huge event which is fitting and it's only right really for a legend of his status um and then gastelum uh he called out who the fuck did he call out uh i'm fucking drawing a blank now he was i just remember him being ranked they showed the rankings afterwards and uh i believe he was ranked like number seven or eight and obviously fighting bisping you know he jumped up to fucking the number two rank you know or or he was fighting the number two rank rather so if that has any pull you know if your competition has any pull on you then i guess he should be fighting in the top ranks but um i'm not sure man i don't know if he's ready i feel like at least one more fight in between um would be would be would make sense um but i don't know uh let me see really quick who he called out so he called out robert whitaker for the february event which i think is a huge jump I don't think, uh, I, I, again, I think there should be a fight in between then, um, all due respect to Bisping, you know, for stepping up and fighting, but I think he needs to be challenged similar to the way that he was in the Weidman fight again, which he looked good, but, um, you know, I mean, Weidman just edged him out, so, uh, I think he needs another challenge before the title fight, because again, I mean, well, if he goes, I'm just looking at it like if he gets this title fight, it's huge for his career. It's a huge jump, but I don't think he's ready. I think you go and say you win the title. Okay, you know, dope, everything. It was all worth it, right? But, what you know, I likely think that that uh, Whitaker would edge him out. And then if you get knocked out or finished by Whitaker or even just defeated in a decision where do you go from there you know like I just I just feel like you have to be strategic about it and it makes sense as a fighter or just as that being your career you don't want to wait um but I hope he gets one more fight in between um in but definitely in between a title fight but uh he looked promising man I again I didn't know he had that strength in him uh, he has, I believe this is seven knockouts now. 
and uh so clearly it was there i just had not known so um kudos to gastelum an amazing performance again hats off to bisping uh always game so it was a fun card though it was a very fun card um now getting into more entertainment news uh t-pain has recently been making his run at uh or his like media run right i've seen him i've I've watched interviews of his on not only the ask gary v show but also on what was it some other long form content um but on the gary v show he was talking about how depressing it was going into this you know this um back in what was it back in 2010 when it felt like the world was against him you know around the time that uh jay came out with uh doa death of autotune and he just said that he, he told this story that i thought was bizarre as fuck but they were on a plane him and uh usher i guess and he said that usher had pulled him aside at some point during the flight and said you know in a not a fully serious manner but not clearly joking he he told him that you know you fucked up uh music and i just thought that was bizarre you know i don't know what his intentions were i was trying to give usher the benefit of the doubt when when t-pain was telling this and just kind of thinking like maybe he's just trying to be like dude you know calm it down maybe get into more of the genuine singing or like you know less less focused on auto-tuning or less leaning on auto-tuning i guess or you know i maybe it was just jealousy you know maybe that dude's career wasn't going the way that he had planned and then you know so he felt the need to throw shade i don't know it was just fucking bizarre and t-pain you know just continued to speak on how that led him to a a deep depression and he became an alcoholic and it got to a point where he was more in the studio than he was with his family and that was kind of the wake-up call that I guess he needed to reevaluate what he was doing with his life and I believe he said he's he's just recently made this change um about three months ago just a whole lifestyle change where he's with his family now he doesn't, I don't know if he said he doesn't drink, but he certainly doesn't drink like he used to, um, which is extremely dope. But one topic that I thought was interesting that they touched on is, you know, he mentioned how autotune, not only is it not dead, it never left and it is stronger than ever, possibly even stronger than when he introduced it, uh, or rather more alive than when he introduced it. When you see all of these rappers and artists, uh, of course, likely most notably, uh, Future, you know, using autotune in every song, you know, and not even to throw shade at Future, I just think it's, it's fascinating, beef aside, it's fascinating how he kind of is that style reincarnated, you know, he kind of is T-Pain style reincarnated, and obviously it has more of a street vibe, um, and he certainly is using the auto-tune in a different way. But it's fascinating to think how, how these trends just get, you know, they just 
reformulate and resurface again. So, I don't know. Shouts out to T-Pain. I have not checked out the new album. Um, I might do that. At least give a brief overview. See where he's at musically. Um, I think he deserves that. Because, you know, they were running through his discography as well. Or not even discography, but just like the songs that he was on and how he owned that that era oh it was um so i not only watched the gary v the ask gary v uh podcast that he was on or listened to it but i also listened to his interview on the breakfast club and that's where he was telling um dj envy or, or dj envy rather was telling a story about how he went to a t-pain concert and T-Pain was up there performing for fucking two hours straight. Just hits. Just fucking hits. And that's kind of a testament to how much he really owned that era. Um, so a huge shout out to T-Pain. He's, uh, he's more of an influence, I think, than people realize or certainly give him credit for. Um, so shouts out to you, T-Pain. I look forward to seeing where you're at musically. Um, now getting into some, still on the music topic, but more into controversial territory, I guess. Um, 21 Savage this week had a message to OG rappers. So in the tweet that 21 Savage posted, what well, was a screenshot of of the notes app um so it's pretty lengthy so bear with me but he said why do so many of these og rappers in quotes og rappers judge the new generation they say that we make drug user music like making drug selling music is better than what's them like making drug selling music is better what's the difference what about the fact that rap is the number one genre of music right now? None of y'all acknowledge that. Artists been snorting cocaine and smoking crack since the 70s and 80s. Did y'all forget that? Instead of judging, how about y'all make a change? If the message in the previous generation of rap was so good, why did so many of our parents abandon us for crack? Um, why we still killing each other? Don't use, don't use us as a scapegoat. Our music is a reflection of what's going on in our community, and all we're doing is using our talent to escape that community. Um, a very... I, I thought this was dope, um, just to hear 21 speak out like this and just let his opinion be known in a very composed way. You know, uh, I thought that was very well written. He, he kind of just, you know, uh, without lashing out, you know, just very calmly explaining how he feels, um, and I don't know, again, this kind of ties for me back into the, not only mumble rap, but the rap that is easy, that is very popular right now, and very easy to criticize, because it is, you know, it is definitely its own vibe, I guess, because it's definitely not lyrics clearly it's not lyrics that matter it is a dope instrumental a hard-hitting instrumental um and just i guess lyrics that serve as background music 
that you can vibe to that are easy listening lyrics. Um, I don't know. I, I do think it's fascinating how it's a sign of the times, you know, how it's a sign of, you know, these, these kids that were abandoned and likely do turn to drugs to escape and then in turn turn to music to escape um while on the drugs and then obviously the the music and the sound it's just uh audio that is influenced by that so i thought it was also interesting the first the first comment on this uh on this article on hypebeast that says uh more like they all sound like their mothers were on crack while pregnant nothing for nothing most rappers these days would have been laughing stocks in earlier generations uh they all make the yin yang twins sound lyrical these auto-tuning slurs are ass i work with teenagers and most of them are more into 90s hip-hop etc because their generation of hip-hop is absolutely unlistenable um again i think when you actually listen to it it probably is unlistenable but i don't think that's what it's for i think it's it's background vibe music you know whether it be at a party whether it be at a kickback whether you're just chilling alone like or you're just driving uh, it's it's bizarre because it's not judged I don't, I don't think you can judge by the same standards of 90s hip-hop because 90s hip-hop listeners were looking for something different clearly with gucci gang being as high up on the charts as it is being a two-minute song being so limited lyrically um clearly that's speaking in a way that you know just criticizing isn't going to explore you know it's fascinating it really is to me because i don't fucking understand it um i get it that you can vibe to it and i vibe to the shit i won't turn it off if it comes on but i do admit that yeah there is i do appreciate more substance and uh but i just go to different artists for that so this is likely an ongoing an ongoing dialogue because again this this to me brings up how fascinating it is that we can have uh j cole at, at a height of his popularity and only growing bigger and then we have uh obviously kendrick and then we have jay-z with an insanely introspective album and likely uh you know if if walk on water is any hint at what we're gonna get from eminem likely a heavily introspective album from m with revival coming up so i think this is just fascinating it's not it, it's very easy to dismiss one type of music or the other but i feel like that's easy that's easy to say this is garbage and this is amazing why because this isn't saying anything and because i grew up with this like i feel like you know that's not even you're not willing to explore this and expand your mind like i want to know like i don't understand it so that's why the fuck i want to know you know why why the, it is so popular and clearly it's speaking to a generation um and i mean if you just dismiss that and continue to listen to the shit that you listen to like your music i get it but i think it is kind of it's not giving credit you know it's not exploring the topic in the way that i feel it should be explored or, or in which i definitely choose to explore it so again an ongoing conversation um i love how 
these two types of music can coexist and music in hip-hop in specific is continually expanding and getting weirder and weirder and 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 better and better but also it's going to get shittier and shittier if you're looking at that end of the spectrum just because it's expanding period right so i don't know um this will be an ongoing conversation i just thought it was interesting food for thought um and in other similar controversial rap news uh post malone made some statements that some people were pretty pretty upset about so if you guys are unaware post malone gave this uh i believe it was a uk radio interview and in which he said um let's see the quote is if you're looking for lyrics if you're looking to cry if you're looking to think about life don't listen to hip-hop um whenever i want to sit down and have a nice cry i'll listen to some bob dylan obviously uh i feel like this was so blown out of proportion it's what we see commonly with social media outrage now where people completely remove context and the worst of it that i saw that really made me want to talk about it uh was people immediately jumping to post being a culture vulture uh you know saying that he blew up on hip-hop and now he's shitting on it i don't think that's what this is at all um i think music of course is subjective so if he if that's like i mean likely that's tied to nostalgia for him bob dylan and you know folky music of the sort is likely tied to nostalgia so that even more than the sonics of it is likely why he turns to it you know when he wants emotional deep listening um of course folky music has shitty artists and shitty music as are shitty structured songs that really aren't saying anything as well it's not like hip-hop is the the only genre and i think it's fucking insane to like completely just to view it as like well even to view that as as such a blunt statement clearly you know it was not only taken out of context but it was um it was almost deliberately misinterpreted i feel like in in a lot of cases um but that's gonna happen in this headline culture you know so he made a follow-up statement in a video that he posted to twitter where he said a lot of people are saying i don't appreciate hip-hop or i'm taking advantage of hip-hop my last hip-hop album was fucking hip-hop my next hip-hop album is fucking hip-hop i love hip-hop i make hip-hop i want i want to take this genre and stretch it so far that people who may not listen to it listen to it and i think that's what's going to happen for hip-hop to evolve in the amazing way that it is evolving you have to have artists that weren't raised listening to hip-hop because then you're you know you're limiting the possibilities of of where they take their music i think that's why it's it's clearly why post and his music is so melodic um 
I don't know, guys. I feel like, uh, and and in the statement, it wasn't in that exact quote. I watched the 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 uh, Twitter video, and I felt like he kind of fucked up by saying that he had drank. Uh, he he alluded in at some point. I don't remember the exact quote, but he alluded at some point in in the apology. I guess if you call it, um, he alluded to drinking before that interview or drinking during the interview or something of the sort and I feel like he kind of fucked up there because it's almost like you know admitting to a level of guilt or wrongdoing like being like oh well I was drunk so um I don't think this is anything to be ashamed of I think this is social media running with a headline or rather wanting to assume a narrative and disregarding all details and not viewing a statement subjectively and rather just taking it for face value and yeah like I said manipulating it into the argument that you want to make or the narrative that you want to form and you know being outraged about it and it's fucking it's insanely uh not only toxic but it's 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 bad to be so negative man like just view things subjectively ask why you know, why, why would you feel this way, or, and, and it's clear, like, you know, like, what the fuck, how are you going to sit here and act like you don't know what he's talking about, completely disregarding that hip-hop is overrun by a overabundance or oversaturation of trap rap or, or mumble rap, whatever you want to call it, but admittedly, music that is lacking substance uh lyrical substance for sure emotional substance well i would i would actually argue that it does have a lot of emotional substance i would argue that it is insanely emotional actually now that i'm just thinking about it but it's definitely lacking lyrical substance that's obvious like how the fuck are you gonna disregard that clearly that's what the fuck he's alluding to clearly he's not talking about fucking blacker the berry by kendrick like come the fuck on like you guys are judging it like that is what he's talking about when it's obvious like if you have a conversation with your friends you're likely gonna be like yeah dude most of fucking rap today sounds the same but then when post says it and says it in a somewhat divisive way you get fucking all chapped up and get all pissy about it like it's fucking I don't know. You guys need to chill, man. Try and view things from a level-headed perspective. Try not to jump on the bandwagon when you see people extremely like, you know, I saw some tweets that were fucking wild that were just like, I knew, I knew that he was just in it for fucking, you know, just using hip hop or some shit. It's like, that's so fucking ignorant to dismiss someone with, you know, like, I don't know. It's fucking crazy. Just try and view things from a level-headed perspective, you guys, and look into them before you follow your twitter your twitter time your fucking (laughs) jesus christ your fucking twitter timeline you know a lot of us i feel like just follow along with the outrage and want to be one of the first to comment on it and have you know a very um divisive opinion on this divisive opinion because that's what's going to get we're taught that that's what's going to get the retweets that's what's going to get the favorites all that shit um and I get it, it's dopamine, guys, I get it, you get a rush from the likes, from the retweets, but try and abstain from that shit, uh, be reasonable, just, you owe yourself that, 
like don't fucking rush out there just to be the first to talk on a subject and you know have your ass out there being wrong as fuck you know uh you owe yourself more than that so just try and view things more level-headed guys because this outrage was so fucking uncalled for i feel like and it's just i'm kind of upset that he even responded to it because it was so obvious what he was saying and it was so obvious that a large group of social media mainly on twitter from what i saw was just manipulating the the words and forming a narrative and being outraged at it so i mean that that outrage culture is toxic guys just try and stay away from the negativity try and be level-headed that's all i can fucking say about it um now on a somewhat more positive note i wanted to speak on uh i believe the release was let's see i have the date right here um it was gary v's case with sneakers so i'm a avid follower listener viewer of gary's content it's extremely motivational for me and uh i don't know it just it just provides a service for me. It motivates the fuck out of me. Uh, so I am a huge supporter of his. But um, with these K-Swisses, I just wanted to touch on, like, I do, I, I can't find the date on this fucking article. God damn it. Um, I don't have a date for you guys, but I don't think that matters. They already released, just know that. Um, and they all already sold out. So if you guys are looking to cop them, your best, uh, your best bet would be eBay or maybe on Goat or any of those, uh, Kixify, any of those reselling apps or sites, whatever. Um, but it, it was interesting cause I do not fuck with the aesthetics of these sneakers. There were two sneakers, um, there is one that is called the Gary V 001 and that was a knitted sneaker very in in the vein of where sneaker tech is and where you know the popular aesthetic of sneakers is um and if you guys know how I feel about the fucking uh the 350 V2s you know that I'm kind of done with the fucking knitted sock uppers but um this just looks like an early nike fly knit like a lunar wh what fucking fly knit was it um i think it was something like a lunar low or some shit like that it's speckled it has i think they mixed green black and white um aesthetically it's not terrible i'm just over it you know and i don't think this shoe is anything special in uh, aesthetically i don't think it's anything special let's be clear about that because that's kind of what i wanted to touch on um but before that uh that that knitted gary v sneaker the the 001 retailed for a hundred dollars and there was also a gary v 002 which was a which had a leather upper it looked a lot like a rod lav uh, rod laver to me rod laver rod laver i think it's rod laver for sure but an adidas sneaker if you guys haven't seen it look it up it's got a bulky outsole 
and uh, a very minimal upper, just like the Stan Smiths. Um, and that's very much what this second Gary V sneaker reminds me of. This is the better of the two, in my opinion. Um, and this is the one you see him wearing often if you watch his uh, Gary V vlogs. But again, it's nothing special to me. It's dope for aesthetically. It's nothing interesting. But this is kind of what I wanted to touch on is that when you have a sneaker that symbolizes something to you, I guess it can mean more than aesthetics, right? Because I almost wanted to get this sneaker even not having any aesthetic interest in it. Uh, this was the only one I was somewhat interested in. Mind you, the uh, the leather low. Well, they're both lows, but the leather version, um, it has a green liner. It has, obviously, for his Jets, if you if you follow closely, you know that he he uh, is adamant on owning, owning the Jets one day. Um, but this sneaker was just so boring, so basic. Uh, but I almost wanted it just because I support the cause. And it, it almost, it's symbol to me, like the hustle that it symbolizes is almost worth more than the aesthetics i guess um yeah i don't know it was just an interesting concept and i wanted to know if you guys have any sneakers that are like that that whether it be nostalgia or it be you know a celebrity or just someone who is a huge influence in your life if you bought the sneaker and you fuck with it just based off of influence and what it symbolizes to you, you know, do you have any examples? What sneakers are those for you? Um, cause this would definitely be one of them. I think they're reselling for around 200 on eBay currently. And, uh, I don't know. I don't think I would ever go out and purchase them. If he comes out with a, another version, I predict an all-white version with a green liner, um, but we'll have to see, I mean, uh, I wanted to know, though, what, what do you guys, do you guys have sneakers that are like that, that you don't even fuck with them aesthetically, you know, you might hate them aesthetically, but you can see past that because they symbolize such a huge thing to you, um, And even aside from that, fucking shout out to Gary V. It's huge being an entrepreneur and having your own fucking sneaker. And I, I'm I have faith in what he's doing with K Swiss. Um, admittedly, initially I was thrown off by it. I was like, what the fuck? You know, how are you gonna bring back K Swiss? Like this shit's gonna be a flop. I, I was somewhat hating on it. Um but I, I'm excited to see because I have faith in Gary's strategy. I have faith in his influence. Um, and if K-Swiss, you know, takes more insight from Gary on brand direction and whatnot, I think nostalgia plays such a huge role in 2017 that there actually is a huge possibility that fucking we can see a resurgence from K-Swiss. I mean, fucking Puma is popping right now, right? Because of Rihanna and fucking um adidas 
just fucking surpassed Skechers, and they're gaining on Nike, like, that shit is fucking crazy, it's, it's strange times, folks, but it's exciting fucking times, and, um, in music, in, in culture, in sneakers, in clothing, all that shit, shit is so exciting right now, um, but yeah, the, the, the standout topic is just, uh, or the standout takeaway, I guess, from this subject is just fucking shout out to Gary V for doing his goddamn thing and uh, creating a huge lane in this culture. I mean, for entrepreneurs to have their own sneakers, that shit is dope, man. That shit is dope in itself. Takeaway aesthetics, period. Like, I don't even need to fucking see the sneaker just in concept. I fuck with that. So, Shout out to Gary V. Um, if you guys got them, let me know. And, you know, do you like them? What, uh, what is the leather quality like? It looks pretty dope. Um, but, yeah, with that being said, I think we are about to wrap this bitch up. Um, again, thank you guys for your support. Uh, I fucking love you guys. And, uh... You'll be hearing more from me soon.